Welcome back to What Is Life, Dude, the podcast. Greetings. I am Eric. I'm Sarah. Eric, as the French say. <laughs> the French don't say that. How are you today, baby? I'm great. I'm full of vegan junk food. I'm going to make your mic a little louder real quick. I'm full of uh, vegan croissant, chocolate croissant. We went to a vegan bakery this morning, had a little date. Then we went to this vegan market in Denver mm. and restrained ourselves because I feel like the last time I, I went to this market, I spent like $100. We showed restraint <laughs> and only got six different kinds of jerky. We got We each got two different kinds of vegan jerky and then I got a candy bar. Vegan jerky is good. It's not beef jerky. It's just not as good. Truthfully, no, I don't think so. I think it's, it's good. Not the same. It's not the same. Yes. No. You know, it's a misconception about us vegans is that we don't like meat. And I know for some people that's true, but for me, it definitely is not true. I love meat. Right. I love the taste of meat. I, uh, this um, top three kind of like t template is going around Instagram. Mm -hmm. It's like uh, you fill out this template, people submit categories for you and you just list your top three of every category and someone asked me top three things or dishes that you miss since going vegan and i i forget what i said i think i said like sushi shredded beef tacos <laughs> from a very specific mexican restaurant the town i grew up in i don't remember what the third thing was but i got a couple people responding saying thanks so much for being honest and not saying that you don't miss you know yeah 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 taste of meat is good murdering not my favorite all right so i don't want to do a super long intro today because this is probably going to take like an hour just yeah. to do um we can be hasty about it is there anything pressing i don't think so okay cool well let's get into let's, it let's jump right in uh so if you are someone who watches YouTube, you may have seen who makes these videos. I don't know. It's one of those like... Like Jubilee or like Vice I, or something. It might be Jubilee. I think you mm -hmm. might be right on that. Uh, but they... So New York Times wrote this article about 36 questions to make you fall in love or to make your current love grow stronger. Right. There are 36 personal questions. You take turns uh, asking them and you both give an answer. So, we're going to do that. As you could probably tell by the title of this episode, you knew this was coming. Uh, three minutes in. That's pretty good. Nice. Let's get started. Do you want... Okay, well, so the synopsis says, The New York Times lists 36 questions you can ask someone if you want to fall in love or make your love even stronger. <laughs> this site, which is an alternate site because New York Times puts all their stuff behind a paywall... This site provides the ideal experience for exploring these questions. So grab some wine, sit down with someone Ooh. you want to love, and let's get started. I wish I had wine. You want to go get some wine? We don't have any. Oh, I thought we did. Nope. We have Monster. You have Monster and I have Kombucha. <laughs> don't Very out different. me. Jeez. It's white Monster. <laughs> okay. Sugar-free. sugar, sugar free. All right. I'm going to ask you the first question because I need time to, to... First off, we didn't read the questions ahead of... Did you? I no. didn't read the questions ahead of time. So mm -mm. the only familiarity we have with the questions is we've watched a couple of those videos. And they put like bits and pieces. Right. They're like 10 minutes long, maybe. Yeah. Right. So we're both going to be looking at the same question at the same time because mm -hmm. I have to open them too. All right. Given the choice of anyone in the world, whom would you want as a dinner guest? Did you, did you just rephrase it? I think I'm looking at a different website as you, but oh, it's the same question. Yeah, though. it sure is. Who would I want to invite to dinner? I think my answer would probably change. Right. As my life goes on. Right now, it might be... It might be like Phineas. I was thinking that. Right now. Phineas, um, the producer of all of Billie Eilish's music and songwriter. And his, her, and, her brother. <laughs> yeah. I just, every time he's in a video or something, mm -hmm. everyone's so thankful when they don't call him Billie Eilish's brother. Right. You know. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so, you know, we're trying to kind of get into that field of making that style of pop music. And I'd really like to pick his brain as someone who's wildly successful and three years younger than me. And also seemingly very humble, mm -hmm. like very down to earth. Yeah. From what I can tell from interviews. Yeah. Right. What about you? I, I, I really don't know. I feel like it would have to be a musician as well. And I'm really like blanking here. 
Yeah. I don't know. I, that Phineas did come to mind because he's so popular. Mm. But um, can we think of any like musicians who have dealt maybe honestly maybe Halsey. I'm kind really? of I'm cuz she's dealt with like mood disorder. She's bipolar, you know? Mm. And I I love to hear about how people channel like their darkness into into art. Right. That's just the first thing that comes to mind. Though. As was mine. Or like Jim Carrey, you know, also being oh, in a yeah. really dark place, very strange. Mm. And I just like to know how he's navigated that. Billy Joel? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That too. He's very private now. Mm-hmm. But I love his music and it certainly influenced me a lot growing up. And he definitely writes about depression, right. et cetera. Yeah. It's less heavy handed though than with some other people. You Billy know? Joel is? Yeah, I feel he's like more, he... He's a good lyricist. Mm-hmm. It's... it's What's the word? He It's kind of cloaked behind metaphors, I would say. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you can kind of masquerade behind good writing. And then when you go to Shea Stadium and play for 45,000 people and you play Summer Highland Falls, mm. and you say, this one goes out to all the manic depressives out there. Everyone cheers. Right. And he's <laughs> like, uh, okay. <laughs> I, I actually meant that. Yeah. You know? Cool. All right. Number two. Would you like to be famous? In what way? In what way? Yeah, sure I would because I, <laughs> I'm i an artist. It's it's so weird even saying like I'm an artist feels like kind of... Pretentious? Pretentious, but I am. You know, I love art and that's what I would like to be known for. And it's just not possible really to make a living as an artist unless you are, unless you have some degree of popularity you know you have to sh- you have to want to show off right and i don't need to be like selling out billy eilish level venues and stuff but i'd love you know to be able to go on tour for music or for a poetry book i've written and fill out a place and have people come and tell me that i've my work has made a difference in their lives in some way yeah yeah mm-hmm. uh for my answer I'm going to ask you a question. What? Have you met me? Yes, he's he's a Leo. Yeah, I've always <laughs> I've always wanted to be famous. Right. Um I think my my reasoning, you know, and in what way I'd want to be famous has changed since I was a child wanting to be famous. Right. Um but I've always in the back of my mind, I've always wanted to be famous for for helping people through things and you know, when I was younger and I started listening to music, it was a lot of Green Day, My Chemical Romance, and like as much as people give them flack for being like, oh, that's emo shit. And like, it is, it is emotional, right? And for a reason. Mm. And those are always the bands that people like, fans are always like, oh, thank you so much for your music. Like, you saved my life. I was going to kill myself. Yeah. And then you wrote all this quote unquote emo stuff. And I realized that other people went through what I went through and I didn't kill myself. Mm-hmm. So I've always kind of wanted to have that impact. People being like, wow, thank you for bringing this joy to my life. Right. And whether that's selling out like an arena like Billie Eilish or, you know, something smaller, either way. Right. It sounds great. I want to be famous enough where I help people and I also, it gives me enough money to live, yeah. to live on. I just like to make a comfortable living. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've become less and less materialistic the older I get, which is interesting. Yeah. yeah. And... Uh, you and I are on the same page about this because we, you know, we both kind of do the same thing in different ways. We both want to be known for music. Um, and it's interesting sometimes, I don't know, people are just so different. Yeah. And it's hard for me to relate. Like, for example, I know my sister would never want to be famous. She likes to keep everything. You know, she's, she's that Scorpio vibe, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't understand. But people are just different. Yeah. Yeah. Next. Before making a telephone call, do you ever rehearse what you're going to say and why? Uh, I absolutely do, yeah. Hmm. Uh, my brain moves faster than my mouth <laughs> often, hmm. and it depends on the phone call, right? If I have to tell my dad some news or something, I won't. I'll be like, well, if I kind of just like, uh, that I'll be blah, 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 blah. It's fine with him. It's your dad. (laughs) Right. But if if I'm making a phone call to something professional, to someone professional, right? Right. 
um, if it's any professional manner, then yeah, I will. Or if I'm calling like customer service or something like that. Mm -hmm. I guess I, I file that under a professional circumstance. Yeah, I do. I just kind of say like, I, you know, I, I really do like think about exactly what I'm going to say. And then I say it. Yeah. What about you? Of course I do. Yeah. I mean, I've, I have this background of social anxiety, which was at one point crippling, I would say. Mm. So not only do I tend to rehearse phone conversations, I have a pretty bad fear of phone conversations, actually. Less than before, but if I have to call, you know, I don't know, I switch my phone service or like call a bank or something, I'll definitely get a little anxious and have to like pace around while I'm on the phone. So yeah. Scripting stuff just in general is a thing I do. Well, I don't think we've told this story in the podcast, but when Sarah and I first started talking via Instagram DMs and then via text, <laughs> uh, uh, I invited her to talk on the phone with me. Yeah. And we <laughs> were You invited me to FaceTime, and yeah. I was like, wait, can we phone call first? And I was like, but you're cute. <laughs> don't you understand? Yeah, and she, well, you were walking around like your neighborhood the entire time for like two hours. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's kind of hard to script a conversation in that way. If it's going to be so long. Yeah. I was also, I also took a shot of vodka, I think. Nice. <laughs> Though it's, it's funny. I feel like it might sound surprising that I would do that mm. because I'm so not socially anxious. Usually I am more so now than I used to be, but yeah, I, I think that's part of the reason I come off. So like, oh, he's he's so good at talking to people and blah, blah, because I am overthinking it in my head in a way. Hmm. And that prepares me to be less anxious, if that makes sense. Yeah. Also, if we if we get like halfway through this and it's been an hour, we can I'm going to pause and split two. it and split it into two episodes. Oh, yeah. Sounds good to me. Uh, question four, honey. <laughs> what would constitute a perfect day for you? We've had this conversation in bed before. We have. I think we've. I've journaled, like gone through like journaling visualizations. And you've told, and I've done that at your recommendation. Right. I feel like it would change, but I don't know. I like. I love the idea of waking up somewhere sunny and beautiful. When I think of like my perfect day, I don't think of being where I am now. I think of being in this. Southern California? Sure, the sunny home, like <laughs> there's white bedding and white curtains and just huge windows, so much sun. And I like wake up and I go get brunch. I love brunch <laughs> or like coffee date or pastries. I like that. And then come home and do music, you know, make stuff, write music, play music, write poetry read. I'm kind of a homebody, you know? I, what else would I do? You want me to say, want me to start with mine? Sure. And see how we right. cross paths? Yeah. Eric is not involved in my ideal day at all. That's so I'm just alone mean. in the entire visualization. This podcast is absolutely <laughs> over. <laughs> uh, yeah. My perfect day would, it would start the same. I want to live in Southern California. That's where I'd love to wake up. Um, that's that cool sea breeze wafting through our white linen. Uh, what are they called? Curtains. Curtains. Yeah, curtains. Wake up, drink a nice healthy like smoothie or something, uh, go for a run. Okay, so I'm going to brunch alone. I'm eating croissants alone. Hold on. Basically. I'm not there yet. <laughs> okay. Go for a nice little run. I hate, I hate when I run and have to take a shower. First thing in the morning. That's not what I thought you were going to say. Because I, like <laughs> I like to shower at night right before I get into bed. So to avoid that, jump in the pool, which we'll definitely have, mm -hmm. right? Cool off in the pool, come out. We can go get some brunch, come home, make music all day. And that could be, like you said, it could be recording something in the studio, having a rehearsal for a show, going to play some a concert, you know, going to a sound check and going to play a show. Right. Um, and if it's not that, then yeah. Recording music, going home, eating nice food, getting to relax right. with you. That's the thing. Ba barbecue outside, little fire pit at night. A little BBQ. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing about going back to the question about fame. I would just love <laughs> to be able to make money doing 
music so yeah. that because right now I have this other job that I have to keep up with. So the music thing is is like the side gig. So that's what I don't know. I just always have this pressure, this mental pressure, at least to always be doing something. So at the end of the day, if I'm sitting down watching a movie or a TV show, I feel kind of guilty and stressed out, yeah. like, anxious. And so it'd be nice to be able to actually have a relaxing evening, like eating nice food and just lying on the couch Absolutely. with my very affectionate dog and 10 cats piled on top of me. 10? 10 cats. 10? <laughs> no, I would, I would have two cats. And you're like, I would have nine. I'd be, I think I'd be okay with nine. Two cats, two dogs. Okay. That's the dream. Zero kids. Yeah. I'm sure this is that. I'm sure that question's on here, right? <laughs> That's how I'm feeling right now. No kids? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm with you. Shall we next? Oh, yeah. How do I, how do I get to the next one? All right. When did you last sing to yourself and to someone else? <laughs> Easy. Oh, yeah. You're asking me, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, when did I last sing to myself? But right before we started, I was singing, if you don't want to see me <laughs> dancing with somebody, right. somebody. I had to finish the phrase, you know me. Uh, so just now, hand to someone else, I don't know, in the car. It's This is this is um, a stupid question for us, us yeah. personally. It's a great question. Mm -hmm. But for us, it's like a little silly because we're constantly singing with each other and around each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we drove, or I drove to Denver with Eric this morning to go to that vegan bakery, little, like a 30-minute drive, and Eric was uh, on the phone texting. Sorry. Well, it's fine. It worked out because I had a playlist on, and I was singing the entire time, just singing along with it. Yeah. And I love it. It was great. It worked out. And last night before we went and got dinner, I danced around the bedroom <laughs> singing an eight-minute long Billy Joel song, karaoke style. Right. And I sang the entire thing looking at you, staring deeply to your soul. So uh, the answer to that question for both of us is we do it all the time with each other. Yes. Question the sixth. If you were able to live to the age of 90 and retain either the mind or body of a 30-year-old for the last 60 years of your life, which would you prefer? I want that 30-year-old body because, listen, I'm almost 30. You're so vain. <laughs> I'm 28. I'm if my mind were to stop developing right now, damn, we'd be in trouble, son. So you know, I'd it's it's hard because being a woman, it's, it's standards are different. I think women have a much more uh, complicated relationship with aging. So yeah, can you can we try to clarify this question a little for me? Yeah. Does that mean your mind would start deteriorating? I think it would mean that you'd be susceptible to... Just like anyone else. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. It's not like when you turn 31, you're going to have Alzheimer's. Like you're going right. to have early onset. Yeah. That Okay, that's not what I'm looking for. I mean, you might, but... Um, I... Ooh, that's hard. I might say mind because right. I feel... I'm not 30 yet, though, right? I'm... Well, neither are you, but like I'm, I'm 25, so... I don't know what my mind is going to be like, but I'm assuming when I'm 30, I'm going to want to keep growing and learning. Yeah. But does this, does this mean like I can't keep running and like trying to have like a healthy bod? No, it just means you're going to age normally. Then, then right? I choose my mind then. All right. Because I feel like I want to learn and keep, keep growing and learning. Wow. Well, we'll make an interesting couple, won't we? <laughs> we already do, don't we? All right. Don't we, sweetie? <laughs> I'm squeezing your leg. <clears throat> Okay. Um, do you have a secret hunch about how you'll die? I absolutely do. Uh, we've never talked about any of my medic medical conditions on the podcast, have we? Really? I don't think so. Maybe Not since the reboot, but we did do mm -hmm. uh, an episode about... Right, right. Yeah. Uh, so when I was 10, I had a pacemaker put in to keep my heart beating. And when I was 17, I had cancer. I had Hodgkin's lymphoma. And I did like four months of chemo and a month of radiation. And both are at bay and they're fine and I'm healthy. I'm a healthy young boy. <laughs> so I've always had the hunch that because I survived all this weird shit that I'm going to like trip on a pebble 
and like smack my head on the sidewalk in like the, a weird way and just die on the spot. That's nice. always kind of how I felt like I was going to die. It's like, oh, all this big crazy stuff is happening to you and you're going to die in a really dumb way. Hmm. Like I don't think, I don't think I'm going to get cancer again and die from it. I think it's going to be something like, kind of silly. All right. But my plan is to die of old age. Yeah, I'd, I'd love that too. If I died of old age. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Preferably now. Um, <laughs> That's weird. I, is everything going dark for you too? <laughs> Don't they say um, when you have a stroke, things smell like... Toast. Toast, mm-hmm. right. That's why whenever I smell something burning, I'm like, am I having a stroke or something burning in the toaster oven? It's funny. I was going to say bacon, but I was like, that mm-hmm. makes no sense. Yeah. I guess to- does toast make more sense than bacon? A little bit because... It's a very... Because your synapses are frying in your brain? Yeah. Because there's no air going to your brain? Is that how strokes work? Uh, I think it's like a clot, right? And then Mm. blood can't get through the network. So a portion of your brain isn't getting oxygenated. Uh, I googled why do you smell toast when you have a stroke? Uh, Nope. (laughs) It says it's not true. (laughs) Okay. It says it's a tumor. I mean a rumor. What? (laughs) Uh, So what's your hunch about how you'll die? You know, I've never had one. I've never had any sort of like prophetic feeling about it. Uh, What's interesting, because I did have that feeling about my dad who passed away. Like ever since I was a little girl, I would have dreams about losing my dad. And like, yeah, so that that's one thing I've never, I don't know. I will say I'm very afraid of dying in a car crash. I have a massive fear of car crashes. Yeah, I've been in one, so not great. I've never been in one, weirdly. Lucky. Is that weird? I wonder no. what percentage of people... Uh, you know the dent in the back right side of my RAV? Mm. You know that dent? Did I ever tell you what that was? Mm, I think you may have. But. I was in a really narrow parking lot um, in like a busy little town next to where I grew up. Super narrow. Um, and it was right when I got my license and while I was doing chemo. So my brain was all like chemo brainy and it was like six and six in the afternoon, but I was like dead tired and I was like driving somewhere and I was so close. So I like backed up in the spot. It's like to get out of the spot. And I just had, there was just a, a pickup truck sticking so far out of the spot behind me. Mm-hmm. I just like <laughs> crashed right into it. Yikes. And I was like, Ugh! and no one was around. And I got out and looked at it and his bumper didn't have a scratch on it. It was like a big steel bumper. Right. And my puny little RAV4 like crumpled in the back. And I was like, uh, bye. And I drove away. Okay. Yeah. So that's what that's from. But not a real car accident. I actually accidentally once bumped into my boss's car in a very narrow. Uh, but I didn't. I didn't. Uh, your boss at your last job? Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> there, was, there was no damage though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that boss sounded like a real uh, dickhead. So. <laughs> Good okay. Is it my turn? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, baby Sarah, name three things you and your partner appear to have in common. Appear to have in common? Oh, my God. Uh, we both like food a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to not list the obvious ones because you have to d- do this too. And, do whatever you want. Or why don't we just collaborate on this one? Okay. First things first. Actually, no. This is this is number zero, not number one. We like to bone each other. <laughs> That's the first thing. All right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, or sorry, that, that's the zeroth thing. Um, okay. Number one. Yeah, we share food. We love to cook together. We love to eat together. Um, yeah. Rare. We, do we? We never don't share two entrees. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, when we get pho, we get the same pho because there's only one vegan version. Right. So we don't split it, obviously. Though I ate all your the rest of your noodles last night. Yeah. Um, two. Music. Yeah. Right. 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 We're both vegan. We're both mildly addicted to diet soda. Yep. It's it's funny. Like all of our, um, I don't know. There's just very specific things that we both like. Yeah. We, I don't know. It's. It's almost easier to think of things we don't have in common. Right. Because everything else is in common. I'm like, what about like relaxing and TV? And I'm like, oh, we generally, I feel like we tend to like different movies in, yes. sometimes. Mm-hmm. Right. Because if it's like thrilling and like a, 
like kind of gory. I like that. Doesn't bother me. And you, you really dislike that. What was that racing movie we just watched? Oh, Ford versus Ferrari. Right. Yeah, Lynn I saw that. Fucking loved that movie. I didn't dislike it, but you know, we watched, I wouldn't have seen it without you. Right. We watched Parasite, which just won a whole bunch of Oscars, which was good. But it's like a, there's some gore, and yeah. it's like a little thrillery, scary in some ways. And I loved it. And you only I can appreciate it. its yeah. merits, but yeah. I would again. I don't know. So yeah, it's literally easier to think of things we don't have in common because everything else we share. We right. read each other's minds. Mm. You know, we say we, <laughs> we make the same puns out loud at the same time. And then we look at each other and go like, I'm going to smack you because you're so cute. <laughs> so I can't name three things. If I named all the things we had in common, uh, we'd be here a long time. Okay. Number nine. For what in your life do you feel most grateful? Oh, absolutely you. Oh. Yeah, absolutely you. Um. Again, it's hard to even like think of reasons to list because it's like all encompassing in my brain. You know, we, you're fun to be around. You're very talented. You're very smart. You make me a better person. You make me think about things. You make me learn things. Um, you like test me in ways <laughs> I've never been tested. And you're kind of like, hey, you're being a dick right now. Can you stop? And I'm like, wow, <laughs> I am being a dick. You know? I don't think I've ever quite used those words. No, but, but you're like, you're being grumpy. Sure. And I'm like, oh, I am grumpy. Why am I grumpy? And I'll look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, so for all those reasons and so many more, you. Okay. You're like, good. Uh, my answer is white monster. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, actually. Oh, impossible burgers, impossible whoppers, Burger King right down the street from me. Impossible uh, meat. Yes. Yeah, just meat, meat analogs in general. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, uh, no, it is definitely you, especially because the fact that we're together seems so improbable. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we yeah. met on Instagram, living a thousand miles apart. It just doesn't make sense. And it, and we like all the same things, you know, and we want to do the same things with our lives. Yeah. Like what are the chances that that happened? Right. Low, I say. Quite. Right. Hey, will you remind me when this is over uh, to marry you? I mean, um, <laughs> Will you remind me, we should just do a whole episode about our story of how we got together. That'll right. definitely last a podcast length. All right, all right. Yeah. Okay. Cool. If you could change anything about the way you were raised, what would it be? Well, it's interesting because I, I'm in that camp where I think all things happen for a reason. And by no means did I grow up in any sort of abusive situation, but I don't know. I'd say it was challenging for someone like me, who's like very sensitive and kind of odd. And I don't know. I really don't know. What would I change? Probably the political views that were kind of implanted in me. I was raised in a very Catholic family, very conservative politically not opened really it's not like my family was hateful or anything but certainly didn't agree with you know homosexuality didn't agree with you know I I grew up thinking climate change wasn't a thing so like all of my principles all of the things that I value now weren't really valued then you know so who would have thought that I'd turn out to be the person that I am dating the person that I am, right? Because my dad used to just make fun of people with tattoos. He would like, it's funny because, I don't know, he'd have this hypothetical tattooed bum boyfriend character he would play sometimes. Like, oh, but I I love him. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Is it the same skateboarding's not a crime guy? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Skateboarding's not a crime. (laughs) Yeah. That's something that Sarah has told me her dad always used to say, and now I do it. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, and I can't even say that I would change that because now I, I kind of appreciate both. I don't. mm, I appreciate both sides now when it comes to politics. I understand where people are coming from, and I think it makes me less angry. (laughs) Yeah. Which I appreciate. This question's hard for us because we're both people who don't I mean I definitely used to be but we don't really look at like negative things as negative things I don't anymore Mm. right yeah so like all the 
all the quote unquote bad stuff about our childhoods. Yeah. Like I don't think are bad. Mm-hmm. You, know, you might get someone who's like, my mom used to be such a bitch. Right. Right. But if you like examined it and be like, well, okay, but why is that not bad? And why did that make you better mm-hmm. in some way? So that's why this, qu- this question is a little hard for me. I, I don't know. I mean, my parents got divorced and then I had a stepmom come in who I, I didn't like her at first and now I love her because I learned and I grew up mm. and everything turned out okay and it all shaped me to be who I am. I don't know if I could pick, right? Right? Did you did you end up picking? Or well, did you, did you kind of swerve said, around I, the question I, like no, I'm I, trying to? I said to. I kind of wished that the political views were different. Oh, yeah, you did But now that, that I think about it, I, I actually think it would be the emotional... Don't use the, the N-word. There's emotional... Not, well, not that N-word. Neglect? Yeah, yeah, that N-word. I don't know. I feel like that strict Catholic upbringing combined with my mom's Filipino background is just not a very emotionally nurturing environment to grow up in. You know, there was like a period of my life where like I wouldn't hug anyone. I wouldn't say I love you years and years and years just because it wasn't really modeled to me. So maybe that. And it it made it, I think it's made it hard for me to get close to people. Yeah. I think it's, it contributed to my social anxiety because I, we were just talking about socializing dogs and you have to socialize children too. Mm. And I, I really didn't get that. I didn't go to preschool. I dealt, I've dealt with social anxiety my entire life. I'm truly thinking of all the things I didn't like about being a kid, and I can't think of, I can't not turn them into a positive, mm. right? I'm like, well, being bar mitzvahed was fucking annoying. Having to go to Hebrew school once and then twice a week, I didn't like. I didn't like being raised, even though we were so minimally Jewish, all that stuff bothered me so much. I just didn't. I get good vibes from going to temple. I just didn't like it. But I'm like, well, now I now that's something I think about and it, because I had all those experiences, that's part of my my personality now. It's part of me. So like I can't think of it as bad. My parents being divorced, like yeah, it's it's rough to see them get divorced and go visit my mom after she moved out and the whole thing was just weird and awkward and like kind of sad and scary. But I'm like, but if it wasn't if it weren't for that, I wouldn't have a stepmom I love and three amazing stepsisters that I love. Like, it's just none of it was truly a negative. So pass. I pass on the question. Okay. I mean, all those negative things were negative, but... Well, are there any things you struggle with now that you think are a result of the way you were raised? Um, yeah. I mean, you always say I like to be mothered, mm. you know, and... That's probably because my mom moved out when I was a small child and I didn't have another mother figure in my house until years later. And then even when that happened, I was so resentful that I didn't accept it. Mm-hmm. So that <laughs> that definitely affects me, yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Is that, uh, is that good enough? Yeah. Okay. The next question makes me anxious. I don't know if I want to do it. <laughs> oh. That's a long time. I don't want to do it for the sake of the podcast because I'd... Okay, so the question is take (laughs) take four minutes and tell your partner your life story in as much detail as possible. For the sake of the podcast, I'd rather break that up into separate episodes and talk about different parts of our lives. Give like a one minute. I'll just just do like as quick as possible. Yeah, okay. Uh, Born, divorced parents, wanted to be a musician even as a child... Pacemaker, scary. Uh, cancer, scary. <laughs> College, weird. Weird? Weird. Had a girlfriend the whole time. Didn't do college that much because of it. You uh, know, didn't get out there, meet people, anything. So, like, kind of blew it in college. Um, got a cool degree. Moved to Colorado. Uh, worked on music. Met you better now noise yeah what about you all right i was born in hawaii moved to washington moved to california grew up in southern california really liked school that was all i liked afraid of humans <laughs> uh went to college at stanford 
struggled a lot with my mental health there. Uh, graduated with a degree in psychology, psychology. Uh, <laughs> stayed in the Bay Area because of a relationship for several years after college. Uh, that ended, did lots of jobs I didn't really like, worked in a restaurant, worked at coffee shops, worked in an office, worked in a library, uh, met Eric. Oh, I started YouTube. <laughs> that's, a, that's a huge thing. Right. But it just doesn't matter to me. You know what I mean? I, I anyway. sure do. Yeah, that's how I met Eric. Then I moved to Colorado a couple years ago, and here we are. Cool. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, boring question for the podcast because it's not as in-depth as, you know. Okay, mm-hmm. question 12. Uh, Sarah, I'm addressing this one to you. <laughs> okay. If you, I thought that was funny. There's no one else here. What? Okay. Uh, <laughs> if you could wake up tomorrow having gained one any one quality or ability, what would it be? If you could improve your ability score, mm. what would you improve? Dang. I was going to say I wish I, I understood all of music. However, now that I think about it, I think I'd change. I'd make myself more extroverted. Mm-hmm. Like more... Maybe more entitled even. I'm very afraid of conflict. I don't like to ask for things. And I feel like that would get me really far. As as, as far as career goes, you know, if I would just put myself out there, I don't really need to know everything about music. I can learn on the way. Yeah. I agree with that for you because it's not something that affects our personality, right? So I don't, I don't feel like I'm telling you like, I'd love you more if you were like this. But that is something I see like, um, you gaining a lot from, mm-hmm. right? Because you could easily be like, if you were just, if if you didn't care, if you were like me, right? right. And you were just like, I'm going to ask for everything I want. <laughs> like if a company's like, I'm going to give you $1,000 to do this video, you could be like, give me $5,000. <laughs> and like, they, they might just do it, you right. know? And that's beneficial. But again, it's a learning experience to not be like that, but realize you want to be. Yeah. You know? Oof, for me... I would love to wake up and be able to contain contain my emotions a little bit better. I feel like I still, even though when I was a child, it was way worse. And if any of my sisters are listening, you could agree with this. But I was an angry young lad. And I feel like I'm not really anymore, but I still get frustrated kind of easily. Um, and grumpy. Mm. I become a grumpus, as we say in the house. <laughs> Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. I feel like that's probably my worst quality still. Mm. Um, and I, it'd be nice to flip-flop that. But again, with a question like this, it's like, well, it's really like, what do you want to work on about yourself? You yeah. know, like, mm-hmm. so that's my answer. All right. How long have we been talking? 38, 38 minutes. We're going into the second set. Yeah. We're we're gonna stop at half. I could I could only assume. Okay. With the second set, they're thirty six, right? I have them oh, broken up into twelve, twelve, twelve. Oh, it's three. I'm not sure if they're qualitatively different. Maybe they're mm. they get more and more Intense. invasive. <laughs> right, right. Uh, vulnerable. Uh, cool. Yeah, let's see where we are at eighteen, mm. and uh, pull the plug if necessary. Okay, wait. Who asked last? I forget. Uh, hold you on. did because I answered first. Oh, okay. All right. Right. So I'm I'm even zero odds. All right. Got it. So if a crystal ball could tell you the truth about yourself, your life, the future, or anything else, what would you want to know? Anything else? A crystal ball meaning I have to ask it a question? I guess so. Well, because I can't just find out the meaning of life, right? I guess there is none. It's oh. not singular. That's for sure. Yeah. That's a <laughs> weird question. Truth about myself. Mm. Hmm. This one's hard. Yeah, that's a uh, that's broad. I don't want to know anything about the future. Me I don't. Either. I don't believe in like. Yeah, I don't believe in the future because the future can change. You yeah. change the future. Right. Right. Um. Oh God. Anything else? Ooh. I feel like it's got to be something about how I can be successful. Like, what am I supposed to do with my life? Like, what am I supposed to focus on? Right. Right. It, 
it would be nice if someone, if a crystal ball was like, you know, I know you really love music and like, I think you're pretty good at it, but that's not what's going to happen. So focus somewhere else. You would want to know that? Wouldn't that (sighs) devastate you? Yes. I don't want to know that. Then I could move on. Maybe or not. Hmm. So what do you think? (laughs) Oh, um, hmm. I don't even know where to begin. I, that's how I felt. That's why I hemmed and hawed for so long. Right. Is that the right way to use that? Hemmed and hawed. Yeah, I'm trying to think about some sort of profound understanding that I gained from ayahuasca mm. and kind of like ask a question similar to that. But I really don't know. It's too much. It's, the question is too much. Right. I mean, I'd love to know... Am I going to be depressed forever? Hmm. Is it just a fundamental part of my nature? Because if if I knew that, if I just knew this is something you're always going to deal with, navigate around it, it might make it easier. But also, if I knew that it would go away and I'd just be happy at some point, then I'd know to keep working at it and giving it so much attention. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, it does. Because I always wonder, I'm just, I'm just like, how, how, how long am I going to do this? It's my entire life, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Hmm. I understand that. I understand that. Okay. 14. Is there something that you've dreamed of doing for a long time? Why haven't you done it? So, to me, this seems like not like something you want to accomplish, but something you have the ability to do. Ability to do? Sure. Probably write a book of poetry. I wanted, I mean, I have done it, like as a child. I was writing constantly. I wrote a lot of books as a little kid and printed them out and bound them and illustrated them. Mm. Then I stopped. I think, I think it's just a matter of, of time. I struggle with time. I struggle with depression taking up a lot of time, making me less productive at my actual job that pays my bills and then either I'm just exhausted after doing that and I don't have creative energy or I'm pouring all of my creative energy into the music thing I don't know it's something I will do eventually hopefully soon but I just I guess it just I I haven't made enough time for it yeah yeah this is this is hard because if I start talking about my goals and like music and whatnot it's like it's not up to me right because I'm sure some people's answer to this question would be like oh I'd love to just like travel around Europe for a month you know which is that's like dependent on you in a way whereas being like oh becoming a popular musician Mm -hmm. it's like I can make as much music as I want but that's not up to me to make myself popular right so that's kind of tough. Um, I I guess travel. I want to travel around. I want to go to all the continents and all the major cities and all the cool places in the world and see them. And I haven't done it because I haven't had the time or money to do it yet. Mm. But we sure as shit will. Yeah, one day. I, <laughs> and when we say one day, I don't mean when we're like 70. After we retire. Yeah, I mean like in the next 10 years you know mm-hmm. yeah i love you i love Just you to throw that in <laughs> okay 15 you're up what's the greatest accomplishment of your life mm. my greatest my great my greatest my greatest accomplishment of my life wow that's tough you know people always tell me that they're so that they're like so proud of me for beating cancer and I'm like, what? <laughs> hmm. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I didn't do anything. I just was there. I just, my dad's insurance paid for it and they put drugs in me and I didn't die. Maybe they meant for the way that you handled it. Yeah, like keeping a positive. Keeping a positive. Yeah. Um, my greatest accomplishment. I don't know. I feel like. I feel like I'm most proud of not giving up on my dream of being a musician. Mm-hmm. Right? 
Because like I know I'm relatively young, and I know people, but people give up before my age. Before, before. <laughs> That's an inside joke, based on a Taylor Swift song. Right. Yeah, my biggest accomplishment is I've just been making music, and I've just been doing it and doing it and doing it, and not giving up. And sometimes wanting to challenging yourself to evolve. Yeah. You've you've just changed so much as a musician and improved so much. I Thank think you. since even since I've known you. Thanks, baby. Yeah. What's your greatest accomplishment? Being valedictorian. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, my greatest accomplishment was uh, over 10 years ago. <laughs> I peaked. <laughs> yeah. I peaked at the ripe old age of 18. <laughs> the, ripe, the ripe old wakes of ripe, ripe old age of three. Yeah. At the ripe old age of three. Weeks old. That's a Tenacious D song. Yeah. What were we talking about? Greatest accomplishment. I think it, it would have to do with my level of independence right yeah. like living on my own having my own business just it it's just if you knew where i came audience if you knew where i came from and the degree of social anxiety i had and the way that i was raised i think it would make more sense but like things that other people can take for granted were very difficult for me like just being able to drive places alone without being scared. I remember I told you about this. Um, I was trying to fly home to visit my mom in. I was gonna I was gonna meet her in Palm Springs, flying to Palm Springs. We were gonna drive together to San Diego, which is like a three hour drive to two three hour drive um, to see family. And my plane got rerouted to LAX because of fog over Palm Springs. So I'm stra- I'm stranded in LAX and I just rented a car and drove to San Diego on my own and I just started crying on the way there because just like a couple years ago that just wouldn't have been possible. Like I would have landed in LAX and had a panic attack because I think I was just used to like my parents handling things for me, my parents making my making my doctor's appointments, like having, making decisions for me. And then like my partner making decisions for me. Like I didn't have a credit card until like a couple years ago because my partner would just handle all the finances. You know what I mean? Like, and I thought that was normal. So just being a normal functioning human. Woman. Woman. Specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Is... I'm proud of that. I'm proud of you for that. <laughs> yeah. Baby. Yeah. You've grown so much. <laughs> even since I've known you. Right. But but when you think about before that, like, you got on a plane and flew to Colorado and stayed with me. Oh, uh, yeah. I had that, that similar kind of feeling when I was just road tripping here. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. I stayed in a hotel room alone. It was weird. Yeah. Yeah. In the middle of basically nowhere. Yeah. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Three more. Three more for this app. Mm. What do you value most in a friendship? <laughs> I don't like friends. Mm-hmm. No, I, my entire life I've been so, I mean, besides the social anxiety, I, I also happen to like being alone a lot. It's interesting because, I mean, I know humans are social you have social needs or you're not mentally healthy. But I think more and more I've been reevaluating exactly how much exposure to other humans I need. And I don't know, I just don't get lonely. But I guess as far as like the people I am willing to let in, I like to feel challenged. I think I'm kind of addicted to that. Mm. I like to be asked good questions. You know what I mean? Like these. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I like most people. I don't. I, I just need. I just like people to be pleasant. That's it, really. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mine comes from, not to sound like a Leo, but my, my answer comes from a quality that I appreciate about myself. Hmm. And that's honesty. I, I, honesty is super important to me. 
uh, uh, honesty honesty means that much to me yeah um with with like our relationship or friendships like it, it goes it goes i was gonna say deeper but kind of shallower then like when you think of when you think of honesty in relationship you think of being like oh, I have to tell you I did this thing, like, oh, I fucked up, you know? Mm. But I just, I even mean it on a level, like, if we're, like, hanging out, watching a baseball game or something, and I'm, like, chewing loudly, I appreciate my friend being like, Eric, you're chewing loudly and it's annoying me. Can you stop? Because <laughs> I don't, I'm not, a, I don't get offended by those things. Sure. I'm just like, great, sorry, you know? You're scraping your fork against your teeth. Can you try, <laughs> can you try and stop, you know? So honesty, even from a low level thing like that, and then especially like, can I trust you like to not cheat on me in a romantic relationship? Mm, mm-hmm. um, which I obviously do. So my answer is honesty. Just okay. tell me what's on your mind, at friend. Right? Don't hold anything back. What's there to be afraid of? Mm-hmm. I think every situation is made worse when you're not truthful about it. A- anything, so for like I said, from something important to something that's like kind of. Um, minute i can confirm that as a people pleaser yeah it, it doesn't work it makes it makes the people pleaser uh resentful for having to like keep the facade of not being bothered by something mm-hmm. and then it blows up because of all of that pent-up resentment and then you hate each other anyway <laughs> it's, i get that it's hard to be honest though sometimes like it's hard to it's hard to tell your friend you're being annoyed by them or something, right? right? It's easier to just like mm, keep it down. But like, I I've, I've pushed myself recently to recently. I mean, it doesn't happen that often. So like in like the last year or something, when I'm talking to someone, if they have something on their if they're like have food on their face or in their teeth or something, I tell them about it. Yeah. Right. And not once have I gotten someone. Oh my god, I'm so offended by that. Everyone. Oh my god, no one ever tells me that. Thank you. Yeah. Every single time. You know, whatever. How can you get mad at that? You're up. Okay. What's your most treasured memory? My most treasured memory. Oof. You know, I want to say it's like the first time you came and visited, but I feel like we had more meaningful memories on like one of the other later visits. Like San Diego might be one of my best memories, right. which was the second time Sarah and I met. Hmm. We met for the first time in July 2017. And then two months later in September, I went out to California and we hung out in San Diego for a week. And I think that trip might be my most me- treasured memory. You know, because the first time was like pure, um, like infatuation with each other. <laughs> right. But, Speak for yourself. Excuse me. I was but just here for the sick hikes. I thought you were going to say sex. <laughs> Absolutely thought yeah, that. Yeah, I uh, booty called you by uh, flying across the, <laughs> <laughs> the the western side of the country. Right. Uh, but the, the the second trip to San Diego, that was more love. That felt like the beginning of our love. Love. Would you agree? Not that it's your most treasured memory, but would you agree with that assessment? Yeah. Okay. It's, I don't. It's. It's weird. We haven't been together that long, but we have, but we haven't. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. We're still like a young couple, mm-hmm. but I don't really, I can't remember like having a moment where I realized that I loved you. Mm-mm. I just, fe- when I think back, I feel like I just, it feels like I always have. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, <laughs> guess what my most treasured memory is? Ooh, your most treasured memory. I don't know. First time you saw me naked. <laughs> I don't even actually remember that. <laughs> what is it? I don't know. Um, I think it was being up in the mountains. The first time I visited, we were still in that, like, the day that you picked me up. With Robbie. From from the airport. Yeah, we were very, like, shy. We went to the gym together. We went on a little brunch date. Um, And then we went and got dinner later with Eric's roommate at the time. And then he drove us up. Is that Flagstaff? Mm -hmm. In Boulder. Yeah. Yeah, and we were, like, just overlooking all of these 
mountains and it was super windy. I remember that. Yeah. And I like, it was almost like, um, it, it felt like I was on some sort of substance. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If, because like, it was so windy that I couldn't hear anything and it was also cold. And like when your body, I don't know, when your, when your senses are being bombarded like that, it feels like an otherworldly experience. Yeah. And it was just weird to be there. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And to be with you. Yeah. And I remember that. Yeah. That's a great memory. <laughs> yeah. Uh, can we, before we move on to the last question of this episode, can we ask this question again, but in the context of outside of our relationship? Sure. Because I feel like that's also a, a good thing to know. Yeah. Right? Uh, ooh, I kind of set myself up to go first there and I don't have anything. <laughs> oh, really? Um, most treasured memory is maybe like as like a child or something. Ooh, that's, that's tough. Okay, I think... Okay, I, I think I, I think I got something brewing. I think my most treasured memory is with outside of us was with my dad when I was in college. We the Mets made the World Series in 2015, and I went to school in upstate New York, like five hours away from Long Island where I grew up, and thus five hours away from Queens where the Mets play. So the Mets made it into the World Series that October, and. They played a few games at home like they do, and my dad somehow got tickets through someone, and he was like, can you drive down tomorrow to go see the Mets in the fucking World Series? <laughs> and I was, I like dropped it. I was like, yep, absolutely. I was like, I'm not going to class. I'll skip three days. I don't care. I'm skipping three days of class. My, dad, We're just, we love the Mets. And my dad was like, skip class. Come on, just get down here. <laughs> and I drove the five hours like on a whim, smoked pot in the car with my dad. Oh my God. <laughs> went to <laughs> I just can't. You saying that you used to be a, a pothead just uh-huh. makes no sense to me. I know it's so with weird you the way you are now. Yeah, um, yeah. And then went and saw the Mets. We watched them lose and get eliminated from the World Series together, and it was heartbreaking. But we did it together, and it was a great, great memory. Hmm. Yeah. Huh. My most treasured memory. I feel like there's one obvious one that I'm completely overlooking now Mm. i understand there's you've had a whole life yeah i don't know just maybe the entire first ayahuasca ceremony really that experience wow nothing like nothing that i've ever experienced as someone who's spiritual and has been researching and seeking and spiritual topics for years nothing no like revelation I've had uh, that I've come by on my own has been as profound as what I experienced there. Mm. And I don't know, just knowing that there's an order to things. What, yeah, nothing can really replace that. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Last question. Oh, shit. Wait. <laughs> Wait, do I ask this one? Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. Oh, that makes sense that this is next. Uh, what is your most terrible memory? I feel like I know what both of ours are. Really? Yeah. Want to say each other's? Want to guess each other's? Or are you afraid for the sake of me saying something that you don't want to? What, what would you say? What would I guess? Yeah. I would guess it's your dad passing away. Yeah, it's it's a specific thing too, okay, like okay. a specific memory. What do you think mine is, and then we can? Your worst memory? Mm-hmm. Getting your diagnosis? Yeah, basically around that. All right. You can go first since I asked the question. I'm not gonna get I I'm not gonna get through it without crying. <laughs> okay. I've told you about it. Mm-hmm. It's like a very specific memory. Yeah. Um. You don't have to, if you don't want to get into specifics, you absolutely don't have to. Do you know what I'm talking about? The memory? When you tell, yes, like it's very fuzzy though. When you tell me and it, whether it's on or off mic, when you remind me, it'll come back clearly. And I, I know, like I can right. feel it. Well, I'll like get as far as I can. Basically I went, my oh, dad I know was, it, I know. right. My dad was sick. Yeah. Um, and he was in hospice care at our, at my, at his house, 
my mom was doing most of the care for him. And then they had a nurse checking in, my mom and sister. And my aunt was there too, helping out. But I flew down, it was Father's Day. And I hadn't been there for a couple months. And he was doing really badly. He had like done some radiation that didn't work out well, I guess. It was like in his brain. And so I think he was mostly, it was like a palliative care situation. They, they were mostly, he was mostly subdued, you know, on drugs. But like I got there and he was just so thin. And it's it's weird because there's so many portrayals of ill people in movies and they never look ill. Do you know what I mean? They just look like normal people with shaved heads <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and like kind of pale kind of pasty um yeah it's it's freaky to see someone like waste away but he he was sleeping and then he woke up at some point um and he just was crying and he asked why why is this happening and then he fell back asleep <laughs> I think that's all you have to say. Thank you for at least getting that far. Um, it's, it's interesting that we have we have this link in our relationship of being affected by cancer mm -hmm. in the way we have, in the ways we have. Um, my most terrible memory, I don't specifically know if it's me, the diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, or if it's actually like some m memory of like me doing chemo right. and being ill and getting sick and whatnot. Um, <clears throat> I would say if I were to choose one, I think you're right. I think it would be the actual diagnosis because the doctor was like, oh, it's Hodgkin's lymphoma. I was like, great. He was like, it's cancer. And I was like, okay. And he was like, or my, it was just my dad and I and uh, him and a bunch of other, that doctor and a bunch of other doctors. Um, but I didn't know what it, what it really meant, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, okay, well, what's like, what's the... Um, prognosis? Not the prognosis, but what's, what's the treatment like, mm -hmm. right? Because he told me the prognosis is good. He's like, you have, it's stage four, but you're still, you still have a high survival rate. I didn't I was, know that. Which part? I didn't know that he said that there was a high survival rate. I think I think he did at the time. Maybe it was later, but uh, it didn't hit me and my dad until I said, "Okay, well, what do I have to do?" And when he said chemo, that felt like the end of my life, like the end of my world, right? Because it's easy enough to like, okay, a radiation. Like I've heard it's not great, but you lay on the table and they like buzz you. You don't feel anything, kind of, and it's like it's like not that bad, right? Sure. Well, it depends on where you get it. Right. And then there's like, I don't know what else it could have been, right? Whatever, what other kind of medications, but you have this thing in your brain with chemo, like you said, from movies, like you watch movies and people are bald and skinny and they throw up a lot and you just, you know, it's awful. Right. Yeah. So when I, when we heard that, it just like destroyed my world. Mm -hmm. um, and then it continued to destroy my world for five months and it was awful. It was just as every bit as awful as you see in the movies. Right. Um, but I think the actual him telling me I needed chemo was the worst part. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Or at least the worst part that I can pinpoint. Okay. Yeah. Woo. All right. Uh, so instead of trying to lie and say like, oh, we'll see you next week. We're just going to, we're going to hit you with the, uh, the quick end of episode spiel. And then oh, yeah? we're, we're going to record the rest. I'm going to take a pee break. Are we, we're going to do all of it now? Do you want to? I definitely want to. Oh, sure. I'm, I'm in the zone. Auto zone? Yeah, the auto zone. Um, do you want a positivity box? Do you? I mean, my positivity box is that this has been really, this has been a really great episode. Are you in love with me? I'm so or in something? love with you. <laughs> I truly am. Well, and I'm excited to see what the other 18 questions are and to do it all again yeah you know what about you and eat beans i'm excited to eat beans i am too good 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 <laughs> <laughs> um okay uh hey hmm, hmm. so 
I can't. I have a. <laughs> I have a list of things I want to say at the end of the episode. Okay, so before we wrap up, uh, look us up online. We are Cute Threat. We make music and stuff. We have some new songs up. Taylor Swift, Beatles songs, good stuff. Follow Sarah at the Sarah Sullivan. Follow me at the Eric Games. Rate and review us on iTunes. Gets more people to listen to the show. So thank you for that. Uh, support the podcast on Anchor with a monthly donation if you're able to. If you like the show. It uh, helps us buy food and stuff. Uh, shout out to Alex May, Kevin Dooley, and Karen Burchette for being our first three supporters. Um, Sarah, I love you. And we'll see you next week where we will be finishing the last 18 questions of these 36 questions to make you fall in love. Bye. Bye.